Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is, what is it, Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. So, um, this was an inevitability. It was going to happen. I wasn't sure when it was going to happen, but I knew it was going to happen. But uh, today is the very first day since I've uh, started doing this show back on uh, October 1st was the, the very first edition of Lockdown Spartans. Since then, we've had 143, I think, episodes. I think this will be 144. 144 episodes over what, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. So about seven months, you know, a little bit more than half a year here. 143 episodes over seven months. Uh, and today is the very first day where there just isn't anything to talk about, frankly. Um, take you uh, behind the scenes here. So I work for the Locked On, uh, I almost said Spartans, Locked On Podcast Network. It is a giant, huge podcast network uh, that has started a few years ago and has like, exploded and now has uh, locked on for every single NFL team. So there's a locked on Lions, locked on Bears, locked on Packers, Saints, Bills, Patriots, you know, et cetera, down the line for all the NFL teams. They have them for all the NBA teams. They have them for, I think, all the MLB, MLB teams. Um, and then they're starting to expand out the college teams. And I think there are, I don't know, maybe close to 20 college teams uh, at this point. And that'll continue to grow here over the summer. And I'm sure by next fall, there'll be even more. So it's like this big giant thing. And we have rules and different things like that. And there are, you know, we got to do five shows a week during the season. And then uh, in the off season, you got to do three or four a week. Uh, and that's different for every single sport. Luckily for Michigan State, you know, I, I get to go through football season and basketball season with a ton of things to talk about. Whereas... You know, the person hosting the Penn State show is kind of like, basketball season, does anyone really care? Uh, so, could be worse, but uh, we are currently, the college uh, shows are hitting this uh, little lull here with uh, just a few uh, noteworthy things. You know, the schools down south, baseball is really big and, and matters down there, so they get a little bit more juice into the summer. Uh, but a lot of schools, a lot of shows where they're just kind of like trying to figure out what the hell are we supposed to talk about now and just trying to stretch things out here. So we're in the very beginning stages of that. I do have things planned for over the summer. I didn't want to get into that just yet because we're not quite in the doldrums here. The dog days of summer were we're just so far, we're equally far away from the end of basketball season as we are from the start of football season. And it's just desolate. Like there might be an entire week where there are no shows Um We'll see how that all shakes out. But again, um, hopefully going to figure some different things out here soon. We have some things planned uh, for you know May, June, July, stuff like that. But don't want to break it out too early. So uh, there will be weeks where there are three shows uh, instead of four shows here moving forward. There will be sh- uh, weeks where there are um, you know shows like today where it's just kind of thin on content where... Uh, I'm not able to fill out a full half an hour uh, effortlessly just by going where I, you know, sometimes I have to like stop myself because I realize I'm way over on time. Today will not be one of those days. Uh, as you can tell, I'm kind of wasting some time here in the beginning. 
Uh, but just I want to be uh, transparent with you guys and be upfront about just, you know, it's understandable. There's uh, it's college sports. They hit a lull during the summer months, the spring into summer, when Michigan State baseball has important things going on or, you know, the, the tournament and stuff like that roll around. You know, it, it, we'll talk about that, but it's just stuff that doesn't generate a ton of interest, right? The Olympic sports don't generate a ton of interest, and I don't want to be someone who's just faking my way through uh, breaking down the baseball team or something like that because I do not have, uh, you know, I don't cover that team. I don't go to the games and practices and things like that, and there's not a lot of people clamoring for uh, coverage of the different sports. You know, it's primarily a football and basketball situation here so that's kind of what we're dealing with um you know and and with that anytime you guys want to send in questions about anything uh you know football basketball whatever um life questions things like that i'm open to answering whatever movies things like that uh you know open to whatever there will be times here uh, as we move forward where there's you know, we do a show and there's really just not Michigan State things to talk about. So maybe we'll talk about, I don't know, uh, Michigan State adjacent things, big news in the Big Ten, things like that. A new rule change in college football, something like that, uh, you know, just as examples or whatever big story that is interesting. Just to, you know, fill time, have some fun, change it up a little bit. And then, of course, anytime there's any sort of Michigan State topic, uh, we will cover that you know, to the the appropriate extent. So t- today we do have a couple of things that I think uh, are still relevant, still worth talking about that are Michigan State related. Uh, I want to talk about an update on the Kerry Blackshear situation. Uh, so we'll do that here with the remaining time in the first segment. Then after that uh, segment two, I do want to talk about uh, some other potential transfer options, right? Kerry Blackshear is seemingly the guy that is target number one, would be target number one for the staff, but there are other guys out there that could potentially fit into this roster and are good basketball players that are available. So we'll talk about that a little bit in segment two. And then uh, we'll not have a segment three today. So just a two-segment show. Uh, Those are the only things really pressing right now. Uh, No show Wednesday. And then Thursday will be a more standard show. We got the NFL draft, first round of the NFL draft Thursday night. So we're going to get into the Michigan State players, where their stocks are and things like that. Uh, for Thursday's show, we'll see if anyone, if, if Justin Lane goes in the first round, we'll have some things to talk about Friday. We'll talk a little NFL MSU type stuff on Friday as well, and then kind of go into the weekend from there. So again, uh, no show Wednesday and then back Thursday and Friday with two more episodes of Locked on Spartans. So let's uh, let's get into this show officially seven minutes in the longest uh, intro in the history of Locked on Spartans. But there is a little bit of news here with Carrie Blackshear, who, if you are not familiar, uh, is a power forward slash center, uh, more center really from Virginia Tech, who has. A, A, entered the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. B, entered his name into the NBA draft. And C, uh, floated it out there that he is willing to consider remaining at Virginia Tech to finish his college career. So, he's in this crazy limbo situation, but uh, putting himself in the transfer portal, he is now able to be uh, recruited. And so, along with Michigan State, who it has been reported has made contact with uh, him and his, his parents and his, his uh, representation and things like that, 
to uh, you know begin the recruiting process. Kentucky has uh, been very hot on his trail immediately. There were conflicting reports on this. Uh, Rivals was reporting that last night Blackshear and uh, John Calipari had an in-home visit. Calipari and staff went to Blackshear's house to meet with him uh, and his family and just to get to know each other and start that process. Um, you know, that was Rivals that reported that. And then there were other reports, uh, specifically a quote from Kerry Blackshear's dad saying that they have not met yet, but they are uh, scheduling something, looking to put something together so that uh, they can meet John Calipari and the, the Kentucky coaching staff. And certainly there's going to be heavy competition for Blackshear. It's not just Kentucky that has been mentioned. Uh, Duke has been mentioned in this. North Carolina has been mentioned in this. Marquette has been mentioned in this. Uh, I think I think maybe I saw Louisville uh, as well. Like there's just, it's a who's who uh, of big power teams looking to add someone who can help push them over the edge for, uh, you know, conference championships and national championships are going after this guy. And I do think because of what they accomplished this year, um, because of how the roster shakes out, the available minutes at the specific position for a guy like Blackshear, um, you know, Tom Izzo's uh, ability to get guys uh, better at basketball, uh, the reputation of him and just the reputation of the program. Michigan State has a good as, as good of a chance as anybody to land this guy. And so uh, certainly it's not surprising. Uh, it seems that or Texas A&M and Florida uh, are also in it as well. Blackshear is from Florida, and Texas A&M is where Buzz Williams left Virginia Tech from to go to. Forgot to mention that. So there are a lot of schools uh, in on him uh, should he decide to you know, withdraw from the NBA draft and head back to college for his senior season. And so uh, I think how this is going to play out in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be seeing news and updates and different things like that. And you know, there's going to be, if you search his name on Twitter, there will be new things coming out every day. And it's going to be kind of like, uh, I think it'll be really similar to the recruiting of a top five-star recruit uh, out of high school. The, the Except for, you know, there's going to be some schools that really, uh, it doesn't make sense for him to go to and doesn't really have a spot or, or whatever shakes out. There's depth at that position and, and they need a grad transfer wing or point guard or whatever. So there's not going to be maybe quite as many teams in on uh, Blackshear, but there are going to be a lot of teams, like I mentioned, a lot of top programs in on this kid. And so it's going to be kind of like uh, a wild high school recruiting you know, scenario, the last month of a high school recruits uh, recruitment period. So I think Michigan State is certainly going to get the chance to get in uh, meetings and in-home visits and you know get him to East Lansing and things like that get to know him better and they have I think as good a shot as anybody if he wants to go to a you know a big program uh, that has it and, and have the chance to compete for a national championship in his last season and get better um, you know Michigan State provides all of that so it's certainly interesting it looks like Kentucky is making strong moves early we know the relationship Blackshear has with his old coach and Buzz Williams he's from Florida so Florida has a shot there Duke, UNC also perhaps interested, you know, these are kind of crazy reports uh, at this point, but Kentucky looks like it may have the upper hand at the moment. But again, this is just, you know, it's going to be a process that's going to take some time. I don't think 
he's going to meet with Calipari and his staff and commit on the spot and be done with it. Uh, I think they see this through, give it you know some time and take this down to the deadline for the NBA draft before they make a decision, and I believe that's May 29th. It's the last day guys can pull out. So it's April 23rd right now. Um, so we got about a month of this, and it's certainly going to be something that we are following. All right, let's break right there. For segment one, when we get back for segment two, we're going to talk about other potential transfers for Michigan State. Should they not get in on Kerry Blackshear? Or should they be eliminated from that? Uh, this this the sweepstakes for him. So we'll talk about that when we get back after this quick break. Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Spartans on the new Himalaya podcast app. And in ever expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Spartans. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked On Spartans. Let's talk about some other transfer options. So I want to point you towards. Uh, a resource here that you can go through this more thoroughly if you want. There's just like not enough time to get into a ton of detail on every single thing. Um, But it's from ESPN. Uh, Just search ESPN college basketball transfer rankings. Uh, And they have a really nice thing. It's from uh, Jeff Borzello, staff writer there. Went up actually, um, yeah, today. Oh no, it went up a couple days ago, but it gets updated every day with new commitments and things like that. But it's college basketball transfer rankings for 2019-20 and 2020-2021. So basically, that's a mouthful and a lot of numbers. It's guys that are immediately eligible and guys that are going to have to sit out a year. So, you know, all expectations are that Michigan State is going to be going after someone to add to the team uh, this year. But there's a certain point with grad transfers where I think you're going to hit a spot where if you miss out on some of the guys, it doesn't make sense to just add someone for a year to sit at the end of the bench like you know Ben Carter uh, contributed in different ways and was a back end of the rotation guy but was a rotation guy I don't think it makes sense to add someone who's maybe lower uh, than that that would end up as the 11th guy the 10th guy or something like that I don't think it makes a ton of sense to use a grad transfer spot on someone like that Um, but you know if it is a, a, a big uh, even if it's someone who's going to be behind Kithier, behind Bingham, it is more depth at a spot that you could need depth. But there might be scenarios where Michigan State is more willing to go with uh, guys sitting out. So Michigan or Michigan State, ESPN has a list here: of the top fifty. Uh, grad transfer guys and the top 50 guys who have to sit out for a year. So number one on the grad transfer, not a surprise, is Kerry Blackshear Jr. Um, you know, dominant force uh, for Virginia Tech's final 10 games, averaged 14.9 points, seven and a half rebounds for the season, and immediately an all-conference candidate. That's a little blurb here. Uh, beyond that, so there's Rajon Tucker, who I don't think will be someone that Michigan State uh, is in on. He was a 20-point scorer. And had 20 and 7 for uh, Little Rock. He's a red shirt junior, 6'5, 210, small forward. Um, so he's out on the wing, and I think he's a little bit small to play at the power forward spot in the Big Ten. <clears throat> and right now, uh, Michigan State is just absolutely loaded with wings. Uh, so I don't think he's someone that would be uh, considered potentially. Uh, there's Nate Sestina, and he's someone who had just recently committed to Kentucky. Uh, yesterday, six nine two forty five power forward from Bucknell. 
shoots uh, 38% from three. So just an ideal stretch for uh, who can probably give you some type of center minutes because of his size, but isn't going to be your everyday center. Uh, would work well with Tillman, definitely. Uh, you know, 16 points, eight and a half rebounds. He did, like I said, commit to Kentucky. Uh, we'll see what happens there if Kerry Blackshear chooses Kentucky. That could throw a wrench in the situation. These are just commitments. This is not signing anything or anything like that. Um, you know, his recruitment might still be open. Recruiting is a weird thing, but he's just another guy who's a good player. Played on a team, scored a lot of points uh, for a good Bucknell team. Uh, that had an awesome offense and is a really outstanding shooter for a big. So he's someone who would really fit with Michigan State, although he is committed to Kentucky. That's Nate Sestina. Uh, after him, number four, Shakur Justin, um, 6'7", 220-pound power forward from UNLV. Um, he only played eight games last season, so they're expecting uh, him to get another red shirt. Uh, the previous season though, averaged almost 15 points and 10 rebounds for, uh, the running rebels. Um, maybe on the list, we'll see. I mean, six, seven to 20, there are guys like that, uh, for Michigan state on the roster already. And he's not someone who operates outside. He's not a good free. He shoots 51% from the free throw line. Uh, is taken 15 threes in his career is six for 15. Um, but that's not anything that uh, you would rely on consistently. He's a guy who can score uh, in the post uh, and, again, just isn't someone who's a great shooter, is an efficient player because of uh, his really high two-point percentage, so is a good player, good scorer, but I don't think uh, would potentially fit there. Some other bigger guys, you know, we have to sort of get down the line here, um, and it's really number eight on this list, Chris Clark, who is teammates. Uh, with Blackshirt at Virginia Tech, but he's only 6'6", 215. Um, you know, he was suspended the entire season due to off-court issues, so I'm not sure uh, how that would work out. Is a guy who kind of fills up the stat sheet, uh, does, you know, scores a bit, gets rebounds, gets assists, and things like that. Is 6'6", can defend multiple positions, uh, and he didn't take a ton of threes his junior season. Um, but did shoot at a 42% clip only, you know, took one three pointer a game, made 14 of 33 for 42%. But I I think, you know, given off the court issues and things like that, it's just maybe not a great fit. Uh, Lamont West, who's a power forward from Virginia or West Virginia, uh, has already committed to Missouri state. There's Jace Johnson, a big center from Utah. I don't think he's someone who would fit, uh, really here. There's a bunch of point guards. Um, you know, the next power forward is Jason Carter, uh, from Ohio, who's committed to Xavier, Joey Brunk, uh, from Butler, 6'11", 230 is committed to Indiana. Uh, it's, it it thins out really quick here, uh, in terms of big bodies and guys who could potentially fit for Michigan state, which is why I think should they miss out, uh, on, on Blackshear that they might, uh, and they're not able to get in conversations with a guy like Nate Sestina. He's, you know, hold steady at, at Bucknell or at Kentucky. Uh, it might be smarter for Michigan State to do a more long-term investment with that open scholarship spot. You know, and we know there was great interest from uh, the Hauser brothers who left Marquette, uh, who are the two, actually, well, I think they're two of the top three uh, in terms of sit-out transfers. I'm just trying to get to the spot here. Yeah, Sam Hauser. Uh, is the number one sit-out transfer on this list. Joey Hauser's the number three sit-out transfer. And they're both 
stretch for guys who can shoot from deep, uh, grab rebounds, and are really versatile, good players. And we've talked about them before and just the fact that they're looking to go together as a package deal. The fact that Wisconsin has room for them and now Virginia looks like it might have room for them depending on uh, NBA things. They've had multiple guys declare for the NBA draft and we'll see what happens there. Um, But I I don't know. It's tough because someone is going to have to give out in order to have these guys as a package deal. Someone's going to have to give out two scholarships. Uh, for this upcoming season to guys that aren't going to play. Um, and it's not totally uncommon to have a red shirt uh, on your roster in basketball, but it really doesn't happen all that much unless it's something kind of unique. You know, like Kyle Arns is a red shirt. Kenny Goins is a red shirt. You know, Kenny is a walk-on. Arns uh, hurt and things like that. It's like weird situations lead to red shirts in college basketball. It's not as common as in college football where you're really saving guys and things like that. When you have all those scholarships, when you only have 13 in basketball, it's tough to just kind of set two on fire for a year, even though it's an investment down the road. So we'll see how their uh, recruitment plays out. We know they're interested in Michigan State. Um, So I would think you know, Michigan State could potentially still be in on them. They do have one spot now. Uh, would they be willing to, you know, the two of them come to Michigan State, get one scholarship that, you know, again, they are paying for, you know, their parents. Like, it's all under the same <laughs> name, whoever the loan, whatever the situation is. Uh, you know, it's cutting the college bill in half for a year for one of the guys um, and so is that a potential? They both go there. One's on scholarship. One's not. Then they both go on scholarship or the other one goes on scholarship the year that they'll be actually available to play. Um, you know, I don't know if that's an option. I don't know if that's, uh, something they would consider, but if it is, that would be a path that Michigan state would certainly be willing to go down. And that could be, you know, I like that use of a scholarship better than, Grabbing someone who's, I don't know, I'm just going to like scroll here. Um, like, uh, I can't even find one. That's so hard to find power forwards in this grad transfer market. Here you go. Uh, like Matt Ryan from Vanderbilt, like the number 37 uh, grad transfer in the marketplace. You know, that's maybe not the best investment when you could get a top of the line type guy to be a sit out transfer for a year to fill up that scholarship because without a transfer, without anyone coming in, Michigan State has enough to win the national championship. If Michigan State doesn't add a single person to this team, uh, they will be the preseason number one, two, or three going into the season. They will be the overwhelming favorites for the Big Ten and be one of the favorites for the national championship without adding a single person. If they add Kerry Blackshear, that's going to bump them up even more. If they add, I don't know, uh, the Hauser brothers or something like that in a weird situation, that's going to make the the outlook on the future that much brighter, but it's, again, not going to impact this year. Um, so I don't think Michigan State has to force a scholarship out to a grad transfer that isn't going to be someone who contributes to the team. Um, it would almost be better, and if they're not looking to do a sit-out transfer or something like that, uh, it would be better to look uh, back at the freshman class, and if nothing comes together, I'd almost rather you give it to a walk-on for a year just to reward somebody for having uh, positive contributions to the program. That team morale building thing I think would be more valuable 
than an end-of-the-line scholarship guy who's just not going to play for this team. It's going to be hard enough for guys to see the floor. It's going to be hard enough for guys that are four-year players here that were recruited as freshmen by Izzo that have relationships with him that are part of the program, have been part of the program for multiple years. It's going to be hard enough for those guys to see the floor. I don't think you need to add another uh body into that mix from the grad transfer market so I want to see them swing for the fences obviously with Blackshear in the grad transfer market and if that doesn't come through and you're starting to see them go down the line down the line and guys that are being question marks is this person going to play for us as a grad transfer or are they just going to be a body at the end of the bench I'd rather see them shift gears make a more long-term investment in a freshman make a more long-term investment and a sit-out transfer who could play uh, multiple years for the program, make a more long-term investment in a walk-on uh, as part of you know team morale, team building, program building, culture, things like that. All right, that is going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Spartans. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, send in questions, please. Please help me do my job. I have things I'm going to talk about, things that I think are interesting as we get into the summer months here. Uh, like I said, though, there are going to be some lull spots that I'd like to save as much as I can for when it, things are really going to get tough in the summer. So anytime you have a question about anything, Michigan State related or not, send it my way. Uh, locked on Spartans at gmail.com at on Spartans on Twitter at will underscore underscore Hunter one L two underscores on Twitter as well. And you can always use the voicemail line 810-666-1031. Uh, again, no show tomorrow, no show Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday with sort of an NFL draft. Last look at Michigan State players and their stock, where things are at as we head into the NFL draft. Uh, thanks again for listening to today's show. Be back again tomorrow with another episode, or back again Thursday with that episode of Locked on Spartans. Until then, go green.